Okay, this is Kicking Dirt, Mike and Adam, May 12th. Holy May- smokes, Mike. I'm just amazed in the middle of planting season we can do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's like our day job takes up the time. So Well, it is it is eight PM here tonight. Yeah. So we actually did have to do our day job and then find time to come back in and do this. And it's funny, you know, May twelfth usually shouldn't be the middle of planting season, but it actually is this year still. Yeah. In the heat few of rain battle. delays, few random uh, you know, issues with planting, but uh, we're cranking her out. Yep. Did, yep. did you get that storm tonight in GI by chance? It is absolutely pouring right now. So if you hear a boom, it's thunder outside. It is crazy right now in Grinnellan. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of wind earlier, but nothing else. It, I don't know if you saw that video I sent you or put on uh, Twitter tonight, but <laughs> I was out <laughs> south of Lex and, and uh, I saw this kind of cloud of dirt coming across this field. And I kind of looked over. I'm like, man, you know, that's kind of cool looking. So I took out my camera. My phone actually, you know, started recording it and all of a sudden, oh shit, that's coming right at me. You know, so I get in the truck and I record it. My truck is just shaking. I mean, it's 70, 80 was, mile an hour. I was, like, I was ready for cows to start flying by in the air and stuff like on Twister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was absolutely nuts. Yeah. So we have a great opportunity tonight on this podcast because of just some delays in planting, some of those challenges. We actually have a group of sales reps, a father and son, a, a two agencies combined, uh, but there are two agencies working out of the same place. Is that is that right, Mike? Yep, yep. I think they both work out of the same location, office building, and, and uh, seed sheds. So in the in the metropolis of Atkinson, Atkinson. Atkinson. If you Atkinson. fly over the United States and you look down and you see nothing but circles. On the ground, that's at, that's Holt County right there. Pivot Holt after County, pivot, Nebraska. Yeah, on there we have a uh, Tom and Parker Tyson. How are you guys? Yep. We're yep. good. We're good. How are you guys tonight? Uh, doing well. You know, uh, Mike talking about storms, and Adam saw your post on Twitter there. Um, that was pretty wild. You know, we got the wind. We didn't get any of the moisture, which that's okay. You know, we're we're kind of in the heat of planting right now, and we just soon keep it that way and get the seed in the ground. So yeah, with yeah. that, you know, how is planting going? You know, things are, it's kind of steady by jerks. Um, the majority of guys, it was kind of a slow start. No one was extremely excited to get things on the ground just with the way the weather was. Um, but we're pushing probably 75, 80% on bro- both corn and beans. Things are going in an awful hurry. I know that. Mike has known you guys for a while, but I'm pretty new to knowing you guys. So if you if you don't mind, I'm probably going to end up asking you a bunch of stupid questions just so I can get to know you a little bit more and share the story across the podcast. And I kind of just want to know, you know, where, where did, where did this all start? You know, how did, uh, are you originally from Holt County, originally from the Atkinson area? Give me a little bit of background of, of who you guys are. Well, for me, uh, I'm originally from this area. I'm from Bassett, which is 30 miles west. And I moved to Atkinson and uh, managed a farm for a few years. Worked in retail fertilizer for a few years and then was asked, uh, to the, the local pioneer dealer that had probably been a pioneer for 25 years, he actually submitted my name uh, for the job. And uh, they actually transitioned me for three years with him, which uh, that was one of the first times they'd ever done that. And I probably was one of the first, you know, they used to call us pro reps or whatever, because um, I wasn't farming. I, I was, they had enough agency area acres for me to have a full-time job. So I wasn't farming, like I said. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 20-some years, 20. Pioneer calls it 24-5, and then I worked with the old dealer for 
three other years. So. Oh yeah, so you got twenty-eight years or so into that, aren't don't you? Twenty-eight years. Jeez, Wardine, that's uh, that's not quite half. That's not quite half your age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might be off. The years kind of run together. I might be off a year too, but <laughs> yeah. You know, back when you were starting, though, Tom, I imagine the 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 development up there was in heavy. It was underway, wasn't it? You know, pivots going in everywhere. It seemed like in Hold County and stuff. Or was it pretty much developed when you started? All it, the pivots? It, well, uh, you know, probably the transition for me was a lot of the, the modernization of the pivots. There were a lot of pivots in the 70s put in. A lot of them were water drives. Of course, Atkinson, they, the Olson brothers, they developed the Olson hydraulic pivots. And there was a ton of them here when I first moved here. You know, when I first moved here, it was 100% corn. Serious. Yes, and it was corn until all the when I managed the farm and worked uh, for retail, um, it was still almost all corn. My first year with Pioneer, we had zero bags of beans. The second year, we had a thousand. The third year, we had ten thousand, and they were all bags. <laughs> <laughs> they were all oh my gosh, that's work, cousin. Sixty six bags on a pallet. So yeah, that was. Things have changed. Thank you worked you you worked your fingers smooth. I'm sure you didn't have much for finger fingerprints after the season was over with throwing those bags around. <laughs> that was a lot of work. You were all corn. Was that mainly because of the feeder market, or is there bigger elevators for delivery on farm storage? What did that all look like? Well, I I think the big thing uh, was that beans. Uh, no one had raised them much and couldn't really seem to get a very good yield on them. It probably was more an economic decision. You know, um, you could always sell them locally, I know. I remember the first crop I raised, I have a little pivot out here, and uh, there was just a handful of us that raised beans. And I made a whopping 50 bushel, and I had to take my vacation that I was still working retail then. I had to take my vacation for two weeks and help a guy harvest to pay my offer, help pay my operating note because I broke dead even. On those 50 bushel beans. Did you so really? Like, yeah, oh so God. I was like, uh, well, it didn't turn out. I mean, I got it paid. Let's just say that. I got my <laughs> operating note paid. And uh, I think that was the issue, you know, is that, and then the guys weren't planting the beans at first. They'd wait two or three weeks after the corn was planted. It was usually June when yeah. guys, that was, that was the normal. I mean, I remember you just said the soil temp had to be 60 degrees before you planted beans. That, that was the, general rule and you're going like 60 degrees today serious yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) parker you know you got coarser textured sands but i i always look at hold county soils not not being a hold reach silt loam but it is good sand you can raise some incredible crops in hold county i always call it dark sand versus like what they'd have in rock county that would be a lighter sand and stuff like that but your yields up there were awesome last year weren't they you know, they were phenomenal, Mike. And, you know, to backtrack a little bit, looking at a soils map really doesn't do things justice. Um, I started learning a lot more about these soil textures um, through installing moisture probes. You know, when you're, when you're actually drilling those 48 inch holes through the soil profile, actually seeing where we're at. It's funny going back to when I was in college, you know, you learned about topsoil. Well, we kind of laugh because we, we really don't know what topsoil is around here. 
but but yes, last year, I mean, there everything clicked. Saw a lot of farms. Um, they had their best yields ever, corn, soybeans, both. But I mean, there's a lot of intensive management strategies that have to go into that too. So yeah, and I imagine your wells are never a limiting factor. I imagine you got all the water you need, don't you? As far as for the most part, I would say, yeah, Mike. Parker, you were just talking about when you were in college, you were learning about topsoil, all the all the good stuff that we learn in college, right? To be <laughs> yep. experts at our at our jobs. And then you get into the real world and you're like, Well, okay, I'll I'll take what I learned there and then I'll make the right decisions out here in the real world. Yeah. But so when did you uh you know, Tom, we were just talking a little bit about when you got here, you know, when you got to Atkinson, you've been here for this long, you've, you've got customers that you've been working with for 28, 30 years, whatever. When did, when did Parker, when did you start coming in and working with Tom and, and uh, give, give us a little background of how that whole process started and how you got to, to the point you're at today? Well, I mean, we can start from the beginning, Adam. You know, I was born in 1989 and was adopted at four months old. I was actually talking to mom prior to talking to you guys, wanted a little back history. You know, there's just those questions you never ask, never think to ask. And I said, I, I talked to her and she goes, you know, it, she goes, it cost about $6,000 to adopt you. Um, and I know I had, I had talked to Tom about this and this was within the last 365 days and within the last year. I, and Tom said, we had to take out a loan to get you here. So if you look at that, you know, in today's world, that's about $14,000, you know, you're taking out a loan to bring a child, you know, so wasn't born in the US, but you know, like I said, I've been here since I was four months old. Um, I helped Tom and he kind of touched on it earlier. Um, maybe I was more created more work for him than I was helped for a lot <laughs> of years. I probably really, you know, so this is my ninth year uh, as a pioneer sales agent. I would say that's when the help really started. Of course, worked alongside Tom, you know all through growing up in junior high, high school. Uh, I don't know what I really did aside from mowing around this field, making it look pretty. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that, that's kind of my story in a nutshell, Adam. Yeah. I, th I, I, before we got on there, I, I actually looked up on uh, Google earth, how far um, it, it was Korea, right? Where you came from. Yep, I should say, yeah, I should have said that. Uh, Seoul, South Korea. Seoul, South Korea. It, it's like 7,000 miles from here. It's 7,000 miles. And, I mean, that is just amazing. You come all the way around the earth and you end up in Atkinson, Nebraska, and you're running a very successful agency installing soil probes and doing what you do. It's just, it's quite a story. I, I just, it is, it is quite a story, you know, cause I mean, I'll just touch here a little bit about the culture of, of farming in Nebraska, you know, and a lot of people that don't know, that, that aren't from rural Nebraska or, or really embedded in it don't understand that this is this is a way of life you know and a lot of people are like oh you're just you know you're either born a farmer or you're not or you know how do you get into agriculture and I guess my history you know my background too was not I didn't come from a farming family but I fell in love with agriculture and really my surroundings had brought me in to it and I think that's really unique about about you guys too and the way that the way that you're set up is a the passion for it is what is what drives you. It's not like it was uh, just, oh, this is what I have to do because this is what my family's always done type scenario. And, and that's cool because you don't, I mean, you, you just don't hear a lot about that in today's world. It usually is just a long-term 
transitional deal that they think is just in their blood and they have to do it, you know? Yeah, that made exactly. any sense. No, it did, you know, and Adam, there was no pressure ever uh, for me to come back and work with Tom, but, but you're exactly right. You fall in love with the culture. Um, you know, a lot of things start from the top and work their way down. I like to say, or like to think it starts from the bottom. You know, we consider ourselves at the ground level, not only the farming yeah. culture, but you fall in love with the people. Um, we say every day we work with the best growers in the area. Um, that's not just blowing smoke. I, I truly believe that, you know, and then as we look up, up the ladder, you know, we have guys with expertise like Adam, like you and Mike, we really feel like this company is the best in the business. Yeah. And I, I appreciate your agency because, you know, Tom, you can ask Tom something that happened 10 years ago in Pioneer and he knows about it. And yet you bring a youthful energy to your agency too, that is a great one, two combination in there that you can come in there and and get a blend of everything on that. So I like that. Well, and it's probably like growers you guys have dealt with, you know, how many growers do you deal with where you have a father son farming operation and you hear, well, this is how dad always did it. Yeah. I'm not saying dad's wrong. Um, a lot of things dad did were right and got them to where they're at today. But then, you know, uh, myself and we have an associate that we hired on, he's going on his fifth year. We like to think that we're, we're continuing to push this digital platform and, and just be a little more progressive with things to help make our growers as successful as possible. So it's awesome to hear that and to understand that for the fact that, you know, Tom, probably in your career, even when I was asking those questions about some of the advancements or the changes, even, you know, somebody had to step out on a limb to keep that progression going forward. You know, like that very first guy that put beans in, in your area or your 50 bushel beans, how many people looked around and said, you dumbass, you can't grow <laughs> beans up here or this will never work. And, you know, and now look at the level of where we're at today. So it's always about somebody's got to step out, bring more value, push it forward and, and let some people laugh, but eventually they'll come into it because that's what progression is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and like Parker talks about coming back, you know, I, we never talked about it. He went to college. Um, he'd come home a lot of weekends in the spring and help me, which you know, was great. And uh, we'd leave late Sunday night. And I was kind of shocked when I think he told your mother first <laughs> that he wanted to come back that's thrilled yeah that's good to have a working relationship on that aspect of it well tom were were you thrilled because you knew that you instilled something in him that that was passionate about coming back and working or were you thrilled that you thought maybe you were going to get some cheap labor i knew it wasn't going to be cheap (laughs) (laughs) Uh, cost you six thousand bucks up front the, I guess what it was nice because our agency was big enough or my agency was big enough. Pioneer was pushing pretty hard to, uh, you know, for a second person. And, uh, you know, so that was just, you know, I had somebody that halfway trained already or, you know, been around it. So it made it way easier and a, a nice transition. And, and like with what we've been doing is, you know, Parker's kind of been taking over the younger farmers, you know, the, and he, he, uh, you know, he relates to them better than me and, and we want to keep the agency going. And so, you know, build, he needs to build those relationships. And, uh, I've got some guys that uh, were farming long before me and, you know, they're the only ones that have been, have been buying corn for me their whole life, basically. And I'm kind of taking care of those guys. And, you know, Parker has been working on, uh, 
Well, and, and like I said, the new technologies and all the other stuff, the granular stuff, you know, that's kind of their, you know, uh, Parker and our associate Brad, um, that's, that's their thing. And so it's a great, great combination, you know, of, of making this agency work good. Today, I heard you say soil probes. I see, heard you say digital agronomy, a granular, uh, scouting, uh, seed treating and all the other things that go into a full-service agency, uh, that's probably the model of what medium and large growers are going to expect from here on out, isn't it? Yeah, you know, we just, we try to, uh, anything we offer, we try to offer as a tool, a tool that has to bring value. You know, there doesn't have to be immediate repayment in that. Uh, anything we're doing is worth overdoing, though, but we're also to the point where we're not going to take anything on that, that we don't feel like we can do a good job at and do justice to our growers. Um, you know, with this granular platform, we're extremely excited, you know, with the water reporter, um, we're writing variable rate prescriptions, uh, seeding and fertility, doing the nitrogen management. That's kind of in Brad's wheelhouse. He has adapted to that extremely well. Uh, he comes from a background of, of working at a fertilizer plant. So he understands those things. Although we work as one cohesive unit, each individual has its role. In the same token, though, I guess the way I look at it is every person in this, within these two agencies can perform any any role that they need to. We had a customer the other day. I was kind of just, I don't know if I told Parker this. <laughs> and, and I thought this was... Uh, you know, like he was complimenting our business. I thought he was here getting seed and he looks in the building and it's, it was packed full to start with, but he was looking at it when it really, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff in there and he looks and we have two buildings now and he looks in there and he goes, Tom, for Christ's sake, you guys are going to have to build another building. <laughs> and you know, after he left, I thought, you know what? I hope he goes downtown and tells those guys that. Tells people that. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, what a compliment when you really think about it. Yeah. Um, that, uh, I mean, at least it's better than him saying, geez, your building's only half full. Did you have a bad year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah and so, Parker, you said something there I want to key back in on. You know, so you got Brad working on a lot of the nitrogen and fertility monitoring prescriptions. You got water reporter. Uh, you're doing soil moisture probing also. But then you said anyone in these two agencies can really fill any role that they need to. And I want to get back to that. So how did it become two agencies from when you got back to college coming to help in, in, in with Tom? And then where I'm curious of how that went from just an associate or a combined sales rep within one agency to now two agencies? Um, you know, Adam, that was two, it's been two agencies from the very beginning. Um, it all yeah. happened. I, so I graduated in 2013. Pioneer to determine, basically, they looked at the territory. Um, they needed another point of sales in O'Neill. They needed another point of sales in Atkinson. Uh, worked out really well, in our opinion. And, you know, although there are two agencies, I mean, we, we like to think we just operate as one big agency, Adam. So is there anything that you saw, um, and I'm curious about this because there's, there's going to be people listening to this and saying, well, man, you know, how's that structure work versus where I'm at today? Or what am I doing differently? So I'd be really curious to get your opinion on how you feel, like what were the pros and cons of the way that it's set up now? And is there anything that you'd kind of take back? Is it more complicated? Is it less complicated? How's it in your opinion? 
You know, the positives far outweigh the negatives. I could say our biggest struggle, and we're right in the middle of it now uh, with two agencies, is managing inventory, um, mm, keeping everything separate. That, that's the biggest problem. But there are things I've learned about this business, and, and I certainly don't know it all. Um, had an excellent role model, you know, to guide me along the way. I would hate to be, when looking back, Adam, I would hate to be one of those reps that came on and had not saying that you didn't have guidance, you know, from upper management, but I'd hate to be on this level and, and trying to figure all this stuff out on my own. Um, so that, that part has been excellent, you know, and there's also things like I said, just about the business managing the business. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I, I didn't understand. I was, it was, it was just all physical labor. There's no thinking to it, it you know, which we, we all strive to have one of those jobs where you go to work and you just, you don't think maybe you just, you just do it. And, but there are things about that um, and managing the relationships where I certainly wouldn't have picked up on or wouldn't have picked up on as quickly if I didn't have my own agency to manage. You know, similarly um, with Brad, you know, he has his own customer base that he services. And I, he, he said this year that he's going on his fifth year. He said, I finally feel comfortable now with everything <laughs> going on. Um, you know, what's going on, the batch numbers, the sub product codes. He goes, I finally feel really comfortable with all that. You know, and those are all things that come with, I mean, you have to be the one managing those things, you know. So do you guys, do you guys have a separate admin administrative person office time or are you guys doing, you, are you doing all of that as well, you know, on your free time that all that free time that you have to spend in the office? <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, the, the people listening, um, they can't see it, but, but you guys are looking at them. Yeah, we do. We do our own book work and, and my wife, she's offered time and time again. I said, you know what, uh, for the sake of our relationship, for the sake of the business, it's just, just easier if I handle it. Um, and it, it realistically, it, it's pretty fluid. I mean, it just, things work out pretty good. And then you, you adapt over time, what works, what doesn't work. So and his wife offered, I don't think mine ever did. <laughs> Your wife would never offer. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to stay east of that office right now. For now. <laughs> yeah, you know, at first it wasn't that difficult. It, it's gotten much more difficult and difficult is the right word, but it just takes time consuming. And, you know, there's some requirements on the company side that we got to do. And, you know, it's just part of the job. Some of the, we don't like it, but, It'd be a lot funner, like, you know, on them rainy days to go do something instead of sitting in your office catching up on all those deliveries. See, I'm the old guy, Parker. He sits down and does a lot of his deliveries every day. Of course, me, I just let them stack up. And You still got them handwritten down somewhere on a little notebook, right? And then you just stack <laughs> them all up. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't throw, and somebody will, like, throw it away. Don't throw that away. I wrote a note on the back of that. <laughs> <laughs> don't throw, don't burn that seat. Yeah, Jack, where's huh? that notepad? Yeah. Oh, it's on that forklift <laughs> somewhere. Just yesterday, just yesterday, in the trash because I wrote on the back of a, I was in the fork on the forklift. Got called and I'm like, all right, where is that? I can't quite remember where it was. Yeah, I, and, Parker, I and Parker's probably over there with the iPad, putting everything in as he's supposed to, <laughs> as it goes. You know, yeah. Yeah, he's over there and he's, it's all quiet, and I'm over there and he's over there just furiously. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm over there. We got the '60s music in my earphone, and I'm just <laughs> wondering where your pen's at, trying to pull it either out of your, out of your shirt collar or somewhere in your pocket. Or where's that pen at? I'm just like, and it's like, oh, oh, it's time to go home. <laughs> 
<laughs> so so every five years or so you're you're making transition so i seen you put in bulk bands how many years ago was that that's a good question um right probably. so this would be the fifth fill mike this so we've had the bulk yeah, system yeah. for this is the fifth year yep yeah yeah fifth year then this year you put in a beautiful office gosh you're off you know you got a nice business-like office now with a conference room and everything like that how do you see your service changing going forward in the next five years to 10 years and and how servicing customers might be different than it is even today. You know, uh, we rely on a lot of grower feedback. You know, um, there are things that we find interesting, uh, and I'll just be upfront about there that have no value to the grower. They think it's cool, but there's no real value to it. So it's nice to have that that open line of communication where we can bounce things off. I kind of look at it, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship. We're trying to push our growers for their maximal ROI on every acre, you know. But they're also pushing and pushing us, you know, so it, it, it works both ways, Mike. You know, as far as business investments go, definitely um, looking at maybe putting up that third that third warehouse. Um, we'll kind of see that doesn't necessarily offer any better, better service to our growers, um, aside from maybe a little better organization, you know. Anything, yeah, like I said, any any business investment we make, it has to make sense. There doesn't have to be repayment in it, but it, it has to be better for us or for our growers. Um, in an ideal world, it's it's best for both of us. You know, I look at it, um, technology is advancing faster than our human capability to adapt to it. So what mm-hmm. next year, what I think next year is going to look like is going to be completely different than what it really will be. So so we just, yeah. we try to stay on our toes, I guess. Um, never there's, I, I don't think there's a no in our minds on anything. You know, we'll, we'll take anything into consideration, you know, on what makes sense, what helps our growers. So I keep every year when we get, get our review the last few years, Tom, what's your exit strategy? <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell him to look at my sales? Look at my sales. I always harp on that. It's like, so it's like, uh, it's just funny to me. It's like, uh, I don't know what else I do. Um, even if I turned it all over to Parker, he says, well, you can't quit. We are transitioning. You know, we, you know, like, as, and it's a, a comfortable transition. It's like, you know, we're passing on some customers uh, that probably the ones that want more, like the, the granular stuff and the digital stuff. Um, and because those guys, you know, Parker and Brad are more equipped for that. And, you know, honestly, I'm taking care of the guys that are my age or older. I mean, the average age of our farmers is, you know, sadly, fairly old. And and so we want, we really want to nurture these younger guys, you know, and their mm-hmm. sons that want, or that, you know, and keep that. It's very important because we've had a lot of land sell up here and, uh, you know, some guys have passed on and, and land gets bought up, not locally. And so we're nurture what we can and keep it, keep it what we got. And, uh, and if that makes it so that I need to like transition some customers to the, to service that, you know, those people better, but also have some guys that they'll probably go out the gate with me. So, you know. <laughs> Well, with that said, you can imagine the demographics of the farmers you call on is going to change. It's You see it changing now. Like you just mentioned, there's established farms and the guy retires and a, maybe an absentee owner buys it or another farming operation from another state might even buy it and start coming into the neighborhood. And, and it's just a, managing different types of customers is going to be a, a, more of a challenge too going forward. Absolutely. 
you know, and I, and we look at it too. We talk about the next gen growers all the time. Um, you see it on social media. We talk about it, you know, and, and looking at that demographic, we coming from a small farming ranching community, Mike, we're doing everything in our power to get growers, you know, my age or, or younger to come back to this area. You know, I mean, this is what this area mm-hmm. depends on. You know, Brad said it best the other day. We're looking, you know, we're about done with planting, looking at moisture probe season. And I said, you want to help me? I said, or I have a, a junior high, a junior high kid that would help me. I said, I'll, I'll pay you both the same. It, it would be fine. He goes, if you have any opportunity to get a younger generation person, maybe one bit interested in agriculture, he goes, do it. He goes, it's a no brainer. And that the light clicked in my head. So absolutely. You know, we aren't just, it's not just that we maybe I get along better. Tom thinks I get along better with the younger generation, but we look at it. It's pretty hard. And this year is especially hard with input costs the way they are. It's hard for a younger operator unless their family farms to get involved into this, even if they wanted to. Um, so we're just trying to keep these young guys going. I mean, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So that's true statement on that. And, you know, Tom said that you always, you just get along better with those guys. It almost sounds just like a cop out there, Tom. (laughs) It it also sounds like uh, maybe you don't want to, you don't want to get too engaged with all this new technology. And, you know, it it, it doesn't just sound like Tom doesn't contribute a lot, but (laughs) you think about Tom 20, Five, 28 years of handling relationships. And that is gold. I mean, it, it, it still comes down. You got all these tools, but how do you carry on and manage and service a relationship for that many years is amazing, Tom. And, you know, you know, it's not easy. I mean, not every customer is easy to deal with and, and everything. And it's just making them feel that they're special and, and, and treating them special too. And, and that's a skill in itself. Well, I think the relationships that we've built, you know, uh, a lot of these guys are pretty good friends, too. Some people tell you, you know, you need to define friendship, split that between business. and But it, I don't think that applies with our business. I mean, I truly like when somebody asks me something, you know, it's like you, you're not trying to sell them something. You're trying to do the best thing for their, for their mm-hmm. setup, you know, for their farm. And, you know, so a lot, I probably say it a lot, like, you know, if this was, if I was doing this on my farm, this is what I would do. We'd given up sales of stuff because somebody said, you think I really need that? And it's like, no, in that case, or, you know, or yes. And you don't realize it till later, maybe it takes a lot of years. You find out that someone might tell you or just show you somehow that they really did appreciate, you know, that type of advice or you know or just you know a lot of guys need some they need someone to talk to sometimes when times are tough you know they, they just want you know they can come in here and sit down and just hash it out but yeah it, you know we've been through some we I, I have to chuckle a little bit not chuckle but parker he knows i have some difficult customers and he's getting to have a few and <laughs> and so when i see the stress level go up in him i think yeah look at that I don't know how that feels. <laughs> yeah. All while raising a family and and putting, you know, food on the on the table and and trying to build a business, you know, then and that still goes today. Parker, you got any siblings? You got any kids of your own? You know, where's this going? Um, so I do. I have an older sister. Uh she's four years older than me. She's also from South Korea. Um, we are not biological siblings. Um, but our bond is stronger than blood. You know, she's up actually up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, she's a pharmacist there. So maybe 
out of Tom's two kids, he had one, one kid that at least chose the right path. But, But, uh, you know, and talking about the home front, um, like you said, raising a family, we go back, I'll I'll touch on that about doing the books, you know, we do our own books, but I can tell you what, um, my wife, she more than pulls her weight. Um, She looks at it as, as what I've built. I look at as what we built because none of this would have been possible without her. We just welcomed our third child um, into the world in January. Nice. Uh, so two boys and we, we finally got our girl. I, I hate saying that um, because <laughs> it is true. As long as they're healthy, it does not matter. But we were really shooting for that girl. Um, and, and boy, that, that's been just the perfect addition. Um, you know, I think our family feels pretty complete now. Uh, like I said, being a boy dad is great. But being a girl dad is, I mean... Hopefully they never listen to this podcast and being a girl dad, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like following you on Twitter and seeing those two little boys out in the, on the seed shed or in the cornfield with you, just digging around and the <laughs> agus in their blood. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, I came home the other day and I put it on Twitter and uh, it was a long day. Uh, one of those stressful days for no reason in particular, Probably just for the fact that I fixate too much on, I just, just want everything to be perfect as possible for guys, you know, just a long day. I come home and uh, my youngest son, um, he had, his last school project was what he wanted to be when he grew up. And he said, I want to be a pioneer guy, just like my dad. Oh, yeah. uh, he oh. even they had a, had a picture of him. Luckily enough, he even had a pioneer shirt on. I mean, it was, it was perfect. That, that made my day. So yeah, it's, we work really hard, but this, as far as the family aspect goes, pioneer, when I was growing up, when Tom came on with Pioneer, it was excellent for our family then. It's excellent for my family now, you know, and, and I, you know, I've talked to Brad. Brad and I have been best friends for as long as I can remember. I said, Brad, I hope 10 years from now, you look and see what this company can do for your family, like what it's done for mine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a great story. Parker and his sister, Jade, they go with me, like, uh, kind of after planting time was over and we go pick up, you know, pallets and seed and jumbo bags, which uh, that we had to fold at the time. And I would say three or four times a week, they got fired. <laughs> and, then they got, and then they got rehired the next morning. <laughs> and uh, I remember we go out in the bean field and, and uh, I just would walk the bean fields. All right, you're not going to help. Go back to sit in the pickup, you know. Well, they get fired. They go home. Why you guys got such sad, sad face? My dad fired us again. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. You know, when you look back, it was like, it was a lot of fun. You know, and that was, uh, and I can see that Parker boys come out here. And they run around and they ride on the forklift. And, you know, so it's, it's definitely a family orientation here. It's just, um, you love seeing it and whether, uh, you know, who knows what the future brings with selling seed and, you know, um, definitely going to be different, but, uh, I guess someone's going to do it, you know, or got to do it. So, um, yeah, and we, this has been fun. It's really been a blast getting to know you guys a little bit more, getting to know about your agency. Just, it, it's really cool to see. So I really appreciate you guys being on this podcast tonight. No, we appreciate you guys having us. Any, any final thoughts, Mike, and then. Tom and Parker, anything you guys want to close with before we wrap this up? No, I think, you know, just wrap things up, just like what you touched on, Adam. At the end of the day, we look at it. um, The busier, the better. We sure have a lot of fun doing what we're doing. Um, And that's, you know, it has to be, and not everything's about fun, but when when work can be fun, I mean, boy, we really think we have a good thing going here. 
Um, hopefully that's reflected in our service to our growers, like I said, and, and we hope to continue to grow these businesses. So, yeah, it's not a lot of times when person can get, uh, your your true passion and and enjoy doing what you're doing and be good at it too and stuff so it's uh you kind of hit a sweet spot there with your agencies there and everything so best of luck to you guys in the future and uh we'll be working with you awesome well again this is kicking dirt mike and adam uh may 12th right mike yep may 12th episode number nine tom and parker tyson atkinson nebraska today hey thanks guys yep thank you